Leanne Lord, Mike Kaplan, and Sean Eli. Welcome to another session of Coffee in the Clouds with comedians. With comedians. How you guys doing? Good. Great. Cool, cool, cool. So I think this is our eighth or ninth session. I mean, they're getting better and better and better. The first ones were terrible. Oh, my God. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Wow. I, uh, I didn't get the call till eighth. I'm eighth on the list. They Might wanted to get this. They wanted to get all the bad ones out of the way first. They're okay, like, you know. Okay, yeah. Yeah, let's eighth, work out the kinks. Eight yeah, times okay. the charm. Yes, it is. But uh, before I kick it. the previous one, but you weren't available. So, <laughs> so you're higher up than Mike is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's right. So we'll, we'll, we'll go, uh, we'll go Leanne, Mike, and, and then Sean will take it over. But Leanne, who are you and what do you do? Uh, I, my name is Leanne Lord. I am a stand-up comedian, author, podcaster, cat consort. And um, I don't know what else to add to that. <laughs> that's, that's enough to keep me busy right now. Very cool. Mike? Uh who are you and what do you do? I'm a guy who turns this interview back on. I'm also a comedian. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, Sean, you're up at bat. I'm the guy with the fancy background called Sean's Living Room White Wall. Uh, Stand-up comedian, and I guess I'm a video caster. I think that's the right term for what we're doing here. In conjunction with Mr. Thomas Capone of the New York Distance Learning Association. Although right now I'm not quite a comedian. I've been working on other projects since nobody's paying me to stand on a box and talk into a stick, although I am trying. Hmm. So you, you, you might be having a little Wi-Fi uh, withdrawal there, uh, you know, Sean. I'm, I'm not sure, but we'll, 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 just, we'll just see how it goes. But um, take, take it again, Sean. Let me, just, let me see if you cleared up. If not, I'll have to uh, drive the bus for you. Was that me or was that just noise on the line? Hmm. It's sounding like uh, we, we got a little noise cancellation going on, but, um, you know, you're, 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 you're coming in and out like, uh, uh, you know, like, like you had a couple too many to drink. I don't know. What if, uh, what if it's we only... mute ourselves while Sean is talking and see if it's noise that's coming from us? Well, you can try that. I don't think that's it, but... Who am I to argue with? Uh, who might argue with Mike? Okay, but so so Leanne, let's 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 start with you. We'll take you. We'll take you. Up, okay. How did you get into the game? Was this was this meant to be? It had to happen, or you know, you know, t tell us uh, tell us the Leanne Lord story. Well, in a nutshell, I guess I have to say at this point it was meant to be because I've been doing it for so long. Um, but I, I got my start. I was in college. I did theater. My, my degree was in journalism and creative writing. So the performing and the writing skills really just added up to stand up. Um, a little earlier, I was the sixth grade class clown and I just kept it going. Uh, on, the, on the other end, I, I ended up graduating college and got a corporate job. And I totally recommend having a job you hate to push you to discovering what you love. And that pushed me out onto the stand-up stage because I love stand-up. I've always loved it. And then once I did it, the love affair was sealed. Very cool. Mike, how about you? Uh, no, I, I still don't think it's meant to be. I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, uh, man, you're hilarious. Oh yeah. No, no, I, it, it is. I think like I, the, the question of fate is something that I think only makes sense to look at going backwards. Like before, cause we don't know the future. I can be like, Oh, look how everything added up to right now. Like I could tell you that, you know, I, I loved, uh, I was originally a musician and I wanted to be a singer songwriter. 
And, uh, and, I, and I am, I've, I've written songs and I've sung them. So I achieved my goal of doing that. Uh, and I went to a comedy club uh, among other places, to perform my songs, some of which were intended to be funny. And in between the songs, I would uh, talk, which now I guess maybe I'd call riffing, but at the time I called uh, talking until people stopped laughing and then playing the next song. And I, I loved the talking. I, like It wasn't something that I knew about. I didn't really know that there were like unfamous stand-up comedians. Like I thought, you know, I knew there was Seinfeld. I knew there were the Saturday Night Live people, but I didn't know. Like I thought that you had a, you would have a sitcom or you're on TV. And then those people were like, and also I guess I'll just talk when people show up. I didn't know that the way they built their careers was starting from standup because you, until you know about standup, you don't know that there are unsuccessful comedians or comedians succeeding at levels that you've never even heard of them. People making their very good livings in, you know, cruise ships and corporate gigs. And, you know, there's so hundreds and I know so many comedians that nobody knows and they're amazing. Like there's so it's very like my mom probably doesn't even know Kevin Hart. You know what I mean? Like there's so many like unless you care about comedy, like everybody knows, you know, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, but not everyone knows the most famous comedians even, so I didn't. And I was just like, oh, talking and making people laugh. I was discovering it as I wasn't even trying to do it. And I was like, this is fun, what is this? And so when people ask me, how did you know you wanted to do comedy? Or when did you know you wanted to do comedy? I'm like, I guess it was a little bit after I had started doing comedy, unbeknownst to me, that I was like, I like what I've been doing. And then I just kept trying to expand the time in between the songs until eventually I stopped carrying the guitar with me wherever I went. Uh, and now that's a, I like, I enjoy making music on my own at home, but comedy did become, I'm like, oh, I guess it was meant to be because it is what was. So thanks oh, for asking. The beauty of stand-up comedy is we just show up. We don't have to carry a guitar. And there's an interesting contrast because I was on the rowing team in college and afterwards, we had to transport our boats everywhere. And an eight-oared shell is 66 feet long, so it takes a little bit of work. Even my single skull is 27 feet long. It doesn't weigh much. fits on the top of my car, but we'd have to transport boats and oars everywhere we went. And I was jealous of, like, swimmers and runners who just had to show up. And now it's the other way around, because I was on a radio show a few years ago, and there was a guy with a double bass, not a guitar, but, like, the giant violin bass. And he couldn't maneuver it down the hallway easily <laughs> because it was so big. Like, I had to duck into a doorway so he, he could pass me because he had to wheel this thing around. And I thought, I don't have to do that. I just have to show up. And they hand me a stick to talk into. And when I'm done, I give it back to them. And that's it. And it makes life so much easier. So, you know, here we are. You know, you know, we hate it when we talk about the pandemic, but we're going to talk about the pandemic. We're going to talk about oh, it. Oh, man. Okay. Um, where where would you be right now if there was no COVID? What 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 would life be like right now? Would you be on the road? What 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 would you be doing, and where would you be? Leanne, go first. Oh goodness, um, yeah, I would not be. I don't know intimately knowing all the rooms of my house, which aren't many. I would be traveling. You know, it, it, I, again, I was trying to make the balance between travel and home because you know elderly people. Uh, kind of suck up your time uh, when you when you're caring for them uh, but I have found a balance between traveling and doing road work and being home and now it's all home you know I'm working from my square 
which I find I kind of like, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I enjoy doing Zoom shows, but yeah, I miss the outside. Mike, how about you? Uh, yeah, well, in March, when the pandemic was decreed, I had been scheduled to go on the road for most of, I'd say, April, May, mm. and June. Oh. Uh, I released a new album in May, which did happen because it had been recorded a year earlier. So I was glad to actually get the, you know, I wasn't glad for the pandemic, but given that that happened, I was glad to have this project to like already in the can to be able to release it and to have loads of time to do as many podcasts as would have me, uh, probably more than I would have been able to do uh, were I having to spend any of my time moving from where I sit right now. Uh, but I certainly did want to go to Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, and San Francisco, and Boston, and do a bunch of uh, album release shows that, you know, I ended up doing virtually. I was going to go to uh, Edinburgh for the Fringe Fest next month, where I'd gone for the first time in 2018, and I had an amazing time. And uh, the album that I released is actually the hour of comedy that I worked on while I was there. Uh, and... And so I was excited to do repeat that process, which I'm still excited to do. Like the next time it is safe, healthy, and possible to go to the Edinburgh Fringe Fest, I'll bring my newest hour of comedy, which right, which I, is what I would be touring with right now, continuing to hone and get ready, like to continue the the process of uh, you know starting from having no hour and then ending up with one hour and then recording it as an album or a special. Uh, so I don't know exactly where I'd be geographically, but I'd be somewhere along the process of, you know, doing sets out every night in New York that I could. And if on the road, which I'd probably be on the road about half the time, I would be, you know, driving somewhere or flying somewhere uh, in and out you know, a few weekends a month, sometimes a week or two at a time. But uh, yeah, just the the breathing in and out of of the beauty of traveling away and exploring something new and then returning home to your comfortable foundation. And now it's breathing in your home and breathing out your home. It's just like a lot of either. I don't know if it's inhaling or exhaling, but I, I do find I've been uh, in a ways in some ways more creative, like in the process of of making it's not that I'm performing live as much, but I am doing a lot of shows like this, uh, a lot of, you know, Zoom shows, Instagram live shows, Facebook live shows, and kind of because the stakes are either lower or unknowable compared to what they once were. You can't always see the people or hear them laughing. Like, and so some people might find that limiting, but for me, I find it freeing. So it's like, it becomes, every show becomes a possible like brainstorming, workshopping, like blossoming session. And I don't have all the opportunity to do the pruning that might be done otherwise, but I'm like, well, I guess I'll, I'll prune this jungle later. Uh, for now, I'm just like enjoying uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you can tell by the fact that I haven't stopped talking for the last seven minutes. Uh, I I enjoy it. So that's I would be enjoying it in a different way from somewhere else, if Whoa. not for the wait, pandemic. Wait, wait, do you do you not have a cat or a dog? Are you not constantly babbling to something furry in your house? Because my cat is really sick of my nonsense. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend is on the other side of a closed door right now. Okay, got it. There you go. 
Was she normally on the other side of a closed door when you're not doing a podcast? <laughs> Uh, I mean, we both have our individual time that we enjoy. Like she, she reads and has quiet time to herself more than I uh, would necessarily naturally choose for myself. Uh, so yeah, we we work with each other on when we spend time together and how and when we don't. Is this the girlfriend that I met when you brought her on the road a couple of years ago, or do you cycle girlfriends? Like when you release a new hour, then you also start with the new girlfriend. A funny question, oh. Sean. The answer is, this is the girlfriend, uh, this is my monogamous, beloved girlfriend, Rini, who I've been with for the last four plus years, and so it is the person that traveled with us that weekend recently, or however. I'm gonna say, great answer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that, was a, that was a very loving, uh, Your Honor, this is my statement, and I'm sticking to it, answer. That's great. You can't, uh, you'll have to edit me like a ransom note to make it look like I I'm not saying something kind to my girlfriend. I'm suspicious when somebody talks about his girlfriend, the first thing he works into the conversation is uh, monogamous. I, I take that for granted. I wouldn't have. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. We have to be very specific on our terms, sir. That's how things go wrong when we're not clear on what we each mean in this and, relationship. And also, I have been in relationships that are not monogamous, and I've exactly. talked about it. And and we both, so this is, for me, a kind of, I know, while many people might find monogamy the default, and I used to be one of those people, but then I became not one of those people, and now I have returned to, in this relationship, a kind of what I call informed monogamy, which I find even more valuable than just accepting what society and fairy tales and parents and elders have given as a, as a given, but to have taken it uh, of my own volition is, to me, more meaningful. I like that. So I'm proclaiming that you must remain monogamous or anonymous, one or the other. Yeah, I'm anonymous. I'm single and anonymous. Clearly, no one's swiping right on my profile. I, I just saw. I just saw in my head, Your Honor, Your Honor. I'd like to enter into evidence the July 17th podcast on nine. You know, tech technology. You've done Zoom shows, you've done technology, you've done some things with technology. Um, earlier in the month, we did an event with 32,000 people from home, from home. We have an event in December with 100,000 people from home, okay? Visualize, you know, is this the new norm? You know, will we be having you know, comics do, you know, the opening? Will we be having, you know, corporate events where people are, you know, at home or certainly not in the stadium, not in at the resort? Um, is that already happening? Have, do you have any experience with that? Or is this like the cutting edge? Is, is this like, you know, what we see is the future? We've always had comedy from home because most people watching comedians are not in the club. They're on Netflix or the Tonight Show or whatever. So I, I would say the average person watching a stand-up comedian is in front of a box already. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Uh, I mean, that is so, though I would say that most comedians are now experiencing something different because while most audiences are in front of a screen, most comedians, most of their lives are in front of live audiences. And so 
I will say to guess what's going to happen November and beyond, uh, you know, four months from now, like four months ago is when this all started. And before that, none of us had any idea that this is what was going to happen. So I think it's a very, it would be very bold to try and predict even four months into the future. Uh, but certainly, uh, I think we'll learn some of the positives that we've gotten from this. Like some friends have taken the New York City subway recently and they're like, it's the cleanest I've ever seen it because they're closing it from 1, 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. to clean it. And we're like, wow, what? who knew that a clean subway would be good? Maybe we should do that for Twitter. Be like, close Twitter from <laughs> 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., clean it all up. And so there are some benefits, you know, some some light that is arriving, you know, and some of it's shining on horrible things that we're like, we got to clean this up. But maybe we are, we will be able to come through this with not instead of the way things were, but an enhanced version in addition to the way things were. Yeah, who knew you weren't supposed to sneeze on people? But apparently that's the rule now. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm an American, freedom of sneeze. That's what I say. I know that's odd as a New Yorker. You just sort of put yourself in the mindset on rush hour, like, okay, okay, we're too close, we're too close. <laughs> but no, I, there are, like you said, like there are some things I do like about this. And I too think you can't predict what's happening, but it almost means that you can't do it wrong because nobody knows what they're doing. It's like, no matter what, how much time you have in your career, uh, no matter what that career is, all of a sudden, we're all back at the open mic level. Yeah. Like, what? And what? we are sort of forced to learn new skills. Like, I like doing Zoom shows, because how can I do it wrong? You know, is, is the audience muted? Are they not muted? Do I, do I get to see them? Do I not get to see them? And it's, 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 it's allowing me to grow and develop different performance muscles that should things get back to normal, I'll can, I can add that to my arsenal. Should they not get back to normal, then we just do more of this in various ways. I kind of don't lose here, except on the money. <laughs> <laughs> but even that i think even that because everybody's concerned about okay what is the what's the monetization of this and everybody's trying to figure it out um which i i really love both on the producer side and both on the artist side well so you know, leanne, it's, it's the wild west leanne, but you, we're wrangling it you leanne you got history with podcasts right i mean you've got yes. some great what are there, 800,000 podcasts now in the world right now? But like maybe 1% make money, right? Right. I, mean, I think it's some crazy. So maybe it's going to be like that. Maybe it's going to be like, you know, certain Zoom shows will make money and the others won't. Or, I mean, like you said, we don't know what we don't know. It's like it's all uncharted territory, right? Yeah, it is. And to have the ability to flow with it um, is a real privilege because some people don't. You know, I think this is very hard for people who, who speaking as a stand-up, who made their living as a stand-up because that the cruise ships are gone. Some of the corporates are gone, although they're coming back as they reimagine doing, you know, a, a, a live stream show. I had two conferences canceled this year and then come back to me and go, hey, we're doing uh, online lectures. Can you host that? So they're refiguring things out as well and wanting to include the good people that they've worked with. So I, I think that history that you already have as being, you know, uh, being a good comic, being a competent MC, hopefully that will help as we bring things back. It might be a little harder for the newbies. 
you know, how do you start stand up this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you, how do you do that? Now I am confident they will find a way because enthusiasm and passion is what carried us all through the first five years before the bitterness settled in. Uh, so they'll be all right, but it's, this is a very tough environment to start something new, but maybe you know, also the yeah. best time. You know, it's funny. Uh, I got my mom and my dad, both uh, a copy of Mike Birbiglia's new book. I think it's just called The New One, like based on his uh, his one man show, The New One. And my mom was telling me that she she was reading it and he has a joke about uh, he has this one child, but originally he didn't want any. And he had a joke about how he's like, I think all the kids that exist can like they should be able to finish their terms. But let's like not elect any new kids. Let's not have any more kids <laughs> starting now. And like that's literally what's kind of happening with comedians. We're like, let's just keep all yes. the comedians that exist. But like yes. certainly. How do you do comedy? Well, you know, you write and you perform. What if you can only do half of that? Then you're a writer. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I'm, I'm amazed at how many people are, and I mean comics, we're not usually considered people, but just go with it, who are resistant to this. You know, but what other choice do we have? You know, you, you evolve or die. Why and, would and some, people, some people are <laughs> deciding not to do it anymore and that's fine. Or they're embracing writing or they're, you know, I don't know, going to Whole Foods. I have no idea. Um, I'm too far in to quit. You know, we, this is always about reinventing yourself and going, okay, how do I use my skills now? When I started, I didn't think I'd be doing corporate training because they like funny people who can do that. I didn't think I'd be emceeing conferences. That wasn't on my open mic to-do list. But you learn that our skills are transferable. Will I ever transfer out of stand-up? No. No, no. y'all gonna get these jokes. It depends because I think we're used to, yeah, right, we're used to doing one specific skill, which is in front of a live audience. And one of the things, there were some comics, we had a comic on the podcast a couple of weeks ago who just said, Emphatically, I'm not going to do Zoom shows. My my art is being in front of a live audience. Right. And I, you know what, and I, I should, let me correct myself. I understand that you, this is such a weird time. You have to do what works for you. Yeah, and if yeah. it's not doing Zoom shows, that's okay. If it's writing in your bunker and you come out with a novel, if it's eating way too many tater tots and drinking bourbon. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> well, you know, when I, when I first met Sean, the whole concept was, how can we do this for business? This was a couple of years ago, you know, when it was like, because I got turned on to like Second City, right? So if you go to like improv and corporate speaking and, and you know, comedy for business, et cetera. Well, if you now they have a website, Second City Works, and it's all about business. It's all about corporations. Mm. It's all about, you know training C-level executives how to do public speaking or et cetera. So I see a deep connection from the world of comedy and business and education and public speaking and all that. So, you know, I'm actually kind of uh, very enthused and, and, and excited because I think, you know, this could be like a whole new, um, new industry. So that, that's my opinion on it. I wonder what effect it has on the comedians themselves. And Mike and I have had this discussion. He's probably forgotten about it by now. But Mike's jokes are intricate and clever and sometimes takes the audience a few seconds to figure out. And by then he's already moved on to the next joke. And sometimes you can see, you know, the, the audience start to laugh and then they shut up because they want to listen to the next joke. And I wonder whether it gets worse on Zoom for everybody in that regard because we can't hear the audience 
and we certainly can't really see the audience up close. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember us talking about this exactly, uh, but uh, I don't think that, I mean, I think that in some ways this is worse for everyone. And in some ways, uh, everyone, everyone gets to curate their own new experience, whether as a performer or as an audience member. Like there are probably people, there's, you know, for every person at a show, who is like, I wish I could hear that again. I'm like, well, get the album, slow it down, re listen to the track again, rewind. I have sometimes said on, on Zoom shows that there are comedians who are pausing for laughs, and I, you do have to rewind for laughs sometimes. But uh, I think that there are equally people out there who are happy to go, you know, everybody talks and listens at their own rate. Like, I'm not going to speak slower at, a pace that isn't natural to me like i'm i'm going to be myself and do my comedy the way that i want to do it and then if people are at a show and they don't love it then they can not come to the next show they don't have to buy the album but i want people to buy my albums and listen to my podcast and come to my live or zoomed or whatever stream presentation of shows because they know who I am and they want what I'm offering. Like that's the thing for me, I'm not, I'm starting, I feel like again, the same way that was this meant to be and that fate is a backwards looking thing. I think that starting like comedy as a business for me also was backwards looking. Like I wanted to be a full-time comedian when I started, but I knew that the way to start wasn't to think, how can I make money from comedy? It was to think, what do I think is funny? What can I say to an audience? Can I make people laugh? And then after you keep doing that, then people are like, hey, would you like $50 to do that for 10 minutes? Thank you. And then hope 10 years later, you're like, oh, here's $100 to do it for 20 minutes. And then 10 years <laughs> later, here's $200 to do it for 40 minutes. And then 80 years later, you're making a good 300 bucks for an hour and a half of comedy. I, I think your math is faulty in the, in the going from 50 to 100 to 200 to 80 years later, 400. If you're going to continue it exponentially, I think you'd be doing very well 80 years later. Well, not in comedy, no, no. Sometimes the better you get, the less they pay you. <laughs> it's a weird economy of scale here. But can I, Sure. I want to just add to something that, that Mike said, you know, when you're talking about Zoom shows, again, this is still all new. So some shows actually have an active tech person, like there's a third person on the show. There's another person in, in addition to the MC who's working the tech. And they know that sometimes the audience wants to be involved, not necessarily to interrupt, but their mics are on because we want to hear the laughter. And oddly enough, sometimes the audience wants to be able to express their appreciation through laughter. That's what we've trained them to do. And if we can't hear it, they kind of feel bad for us sometimes. I've actually seen comics, you know, the mics are unmuted. When we can see them, they, they, their video's on. And they actually do crowd work. They're actually going in and, and finding people in their squares and talking to them. So again, there's just so many different ways of how to work this going forward. Um, so it, 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 there, there's nothing hard and fast. It's like, oh yeah, the audience is always muted. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes you have to MC them and give them the instructions. Hey everybody, if you're cooking in the background, if you're having a fight with somebody, mute your mic. If you're just on your couch with your dog, turn it on. You know, the same way you would in a club. 
hey, everybody, come in, sit down, order your drinks, be quiet. We're starting soon. You know, uh, and it's just it, changing yeah. the instruction. And for different people, different people on different things. Like for me, I'm like, if you're having a fight, turn that up. If you're cooking <laughs> for your dog, if you're arguing with your dog over who's supposed to be cooking or fighting, you know, like that's going to be great crowd work. Yeah, though, no, I can't tell you how many people, who you know, I talk about my cat all the time. They're like, when's your cat coming to a show? And I'm like, my cat has a way better agent than I do. <laughs> so y'all can get away with, you know, Venmo and me. My cat, different, different SAG contract. <laughs> like when somebody writes to you and says, when are you coming to my small town where we couldn't possibly afford to set, even if everybody in the town bought a $20 ticket, we couldn't afford to cover your travel expenses. But when are you coming right. to my small town? And you know what? Now I am. Because. Yes. People elsewhere can tune in and watch. It's a lot harder to monetize though, because we're competing with you know Netflix and and late night TV and Comedy Central, where they can get all the comedy they want for almost nothing. But that is, I think the the value that we offer in doing live shows. Like I I have thought that exact thing that you are saying, Sean. I'm like, why is someone watching a Zoom show when they could that when they haven't watched every comedy? special that's on Netflix or YouTube or wherever else. And it's because of the connection and communion in the moment to know that I am doing what I am doing here and now, and you are getting to receive it and respond in real time. Like that is yeah. like presence is, is the commodity. Right. Yeah, Which it's, it's, it's a form of community. That right. we're creating doing, for them. It's yeah. the doing the crowd work. It's being crowd work is when the comic talks to the audience directly. Or I can say, "Oh, I see Leanne in the front row in square seven. You know, tell me about <laughs> the poster behind you, or how, what do you do for a living?" Or having that conversation with a particular audience member, I think that is going to be a much more valuable skill when we do stuff online because yeah. the audience feels like they're part of something. Otherwise, they're just watching television. So we're going to wrap up pretty soon, but um, the CEO of Zoom is actually going to see this session. He's actually going to see it. Eric Yuan, CEO of Zoom, my buddy. Um, there's a website on Zoom.com. On Zoom.com shows Zoom weddings, Zoom bar mitzvahs, Zoom, 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 everything that people have been using for Zoom. And obviously now Zoom comedy shows is becoming a thing. So in one or two minutes, what would we like Eric to know? What, 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 would, what would a professional comic want to say to the CEO of Zoom that maybe we could get uh, a new feature? Or, uh, yep, here we go. Here's our chance to talk to uh, billionaire Eric Yuan, CEO of Zoom. What, what do we got for Eric? Take it away, Sean. <laughs> Zoom expert, so I don't know. Leanne said some shows they do have a tech person, and it makes it a lot easier. I would love a feature where everybody automatically comes on, either muted or with their mic set only at 25%, so that if somebody's dog barks or they yell, I'll be there in a minute, it doesn't drown out the comedian. But if 100 people are laughing, we can hear the laughter. Uh, I, will, I will add to that one there is a setting that exists already where mm -hmm. you can set it that everyone comes in muted. That part yes. exists. Uh, but it would be great to be able to, without asking people to everybody set their level to a certain amount. Yeah, yeah. to have, if, if you're thinking of a comedy 
uh, audience mentality to be like, what is the optimal level where everyone can be heard laughing by the comedian, uh, the speaker, and everyone else, but it doesn't detract from the the comedian speaking. Uh, and and that, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess what we would like is improved technology. We don't know anything about how it works, <laughs> but can you fix it? Uh, oh, and I guess the thing that I'll add is uh, just if, if Zoom comedy becomes a more uh, specialized niche of your business, uh, President Zoom, I believe your last name is Eric Zoom, you said, uh, <laughs> Mr. Dr. Zoom, uh, I would love uh, for, it's, I think the most important thing is that I am asked to be on every show and that it pays uh, a certain minimum. So that's all that I think is necessary. Uh, and that my comedy comes from the heart. I would just like to be paid a, a minimum guarantee for my heart. That's all uh, from you, Mr. Dr. President Eric Zoom. Thank you. I think that's Dr. President Esquire. <laughs> There's a lot of titles there. Um, I'm not a, a tech person, but I do want to say that a lot of the um, videos and a lot of the instructions in Zoom are really very clear. Uh, and so a lot of the settings that we might be looking for are already there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say thank you, because when this all started, <laughs> we didn't know what to do or where to go. Yeah. And Zoom was one of the first platforms that comics sort of wandered into and went, hey, we can make this work. And so while there are different various platforms, this is the one I've worked on the most. And, you know, people, again, are tweaking the settings, you know, figuring out whether or not they want things, you know, muted, unmuted. Um, but this, this will absolutely have the, the ability to allow us to work in a virtual platform that everybody can understand and you don't have to be uber techie to show up and wait in the waiting room be allowed in and explained what's going on so thank you for allowing us to you know use this platform to somehow sustain comedy and our relationship with the audience and we'll, now whatever, whatever <laughs> tweaks you want to do we'll take it well you uh, know what? there's there's a very good chance that just like you have settings for webinar and you have a right. setting for training. Mm -hmm. There could be a setting called show. Yes. Yep. And and, and that it, doesn't put the burden on the audience member to know right. how they get into their microphone right. and, and, and things, and, and now things people that, are scared. No. All the things that we talked about that, you know what? When it's a show, it addresses audience, laughter, applause. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you see? Uh -huh. I, I'd like to also just add real quick, uh, I know this is going to sound like I'm just uh, responding to what Leanne said, but I forgot to say also, thank you so much. I do really appreciate I'm not just thanking you because Leanne thanked you, but uh, because it's the, the great call, Leanne, sincerely. Uh, it is. It has been such a valuable platform for it comedians. Has. I say thank you as a joke and sincerely. Uh, I we we appreciate it. It's weird. I can't believe I can't believe I'm I can't believe I'm talking directly to the president of Zoom. Oh man. Oh boy. I know. Is he single? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a tech person either, but I am technically a person. Anyway, back back to you. Very cool. Well, you know, we're just about out of time. Mandy made her entrance straight from central casting, so Aww. there's the okay. But uh, mm -hmm. guys, these sessions get better and better and better and better. They they really do, and. Uh, you know, hopefully the world's going to go back to normal one day soon and we'll be able to do live shows. But in the meantime, we're going to do the best we can through technology. Okay, Mike, Leanne, Sean, this was another session of 
Coffee in the Clouds with comedians. With comedians. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. And we'll see you next week.